Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today on Barca Talk, FC Barcelona players got a clean bill of health as they returned to practice and looks like La Liga is inching closer to starting. We discussed the latest news coming from Spain regarding the restart and the new rule changes for upcoming games. Also, we addressed the latest player rumors and relive some Barca history from the past week. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in Madrid, Spain, and with me to talk some FC Barcelona from Miami is Alejandro Villegas. Alejandro, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás, Gabriel? How are you, man? This is so great having you every week. I, I, I always wait for this moment of the week to talk to Barca, you know, because in, 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 the, in the week I'm working for normal news. So uh-huh. it's all COVID, coronavirus, yeah, yeah. bad things, sad things. I'm like, okay, now it's time to talk about soccer. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm also in a... I was just thinking about this before we record. I'm in such a better mood, too. I mean, I got a haircut this week. I'm able to yeah, go running too. this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm able to go running this week. It's starting to get, like, really nice weather. Unfortunately, we did not pass the quote-unquote test to go into the next phase. But mm-hmm. the ability to go walking and exercising and just kind of going back to normal things, like to be able to go to the bakery or to yeah. the restaurant to pick up stuff, is a slow progress, but at least it's in a positive trend. Good, good. Here in Miami, it's it's about the same. We're, we're still uh, in the south part of the state, in the, in the south Florida uh, counties. We're mm-hmm. still waiting for to reopen the, the, the establishments and restaurants and stuff. The entire state, it's open, but in the south, we're still not because we, we're the main focus of the virus here. So we're still waiting for that, but it, it should be coming soon. Yeah. And, and just like I said, so let's let's dive into this because, you know, I don't want to give false hopes about La Liga starting because yeah. let's let's talk first with the Bundesliga, because Bundesliga mm-hmm. in Germany has decided to go forward with their start of their season starting next Saturday. Right. Yeah. And I think this is really, really important for two reasons. The first one is they're the guinea pig right now for Europe. Right. So. They've done a better job of controlling the coronavirus in their population uh, compared to other European countries. And also, when the games start to see what happens if players get the virus or what happens after, right? Because Mm -hmm. you can do all the testing before, but if players start to get 
the coronavirus after what's going to happen with the season. Yeah, that's that's what we were talking about last week, right? You, you're mm-hmm. going to start, but then once some people get it, what, what what's going to be your reaction? Uh, in Germany, obviously, like you said, they were better in controlling this yeah. whole thing. And what we're living now in Spain, the beginning of practices and all that, it happened two or three weeks before in Germany. Mm-hmm. And we didn't hear any positive cases from German players or, or I don't recall listening yeah. any of this news like where we are right now with uh, some teams from Spain like that there's several teams Atletico and, and some teams that have had uh, positive cases in their teams already before even starting the competition so it's it's going to be a, a good uh, look for us to see what's going on there but I think in Spain it's already different Spain and Italy are already different because we already have players that have st- uh, tested positive yeah, and just like I said, this is it's interesting because in Spain and Italy we're the outliers, we're the difference, right? Because mm-hmm. for example, the rest of Spain yesterday is moving to phase one, which means that they can go outside, like you're able to go to friends' houses and so forth. Whereas Barcelona and Madrid did not. Okay, so obviously, just with that, that delay is going to be huge. You know, not only for games but for practices and what you can do, for example, right? And not only that, but like for example. In Andalusia, for example, they passed a phase one, but Sevilla didn't as a city. So (laughs) Betis, for example, right? So again, you're going to have these different scenarios. And if you're a team, let's say in the Basque country, you know, for example, Mm -hmm. Real Sociedad, for example, that passed both city and community, they're already going to be on a higher plane. And this is where it's going to be very tricky because the progression of those cities going from phase to phase, that's ultimately going to be what's kind of the metric for La Liga restarting. Right. We have to remind people that there's not going to be public. So these games are going to be with nobody in the stands. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to be a worry for now, right? And I think we we agree it's not going to happen until next season at least. So that's that's one thing not to worry right now. But you're still going to have a lot of people going to stadium. I mean, you have both teams. You have both, at least the the principal guys working with them. So you're going to have uh, at least 200 people maybe mm-hmm. around the stadium yeah. working and, and they, in, on a daily basis too with the teams. A lot of people working with them. Uh, not just the, It's not going to be just the players playing with the ball and that's it. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that and that's, that's what worries me a little bit. But we'll see. I mean... Germany is going to be a good test for us to see what could happen if somebody tests positive. But still, while well, we're going to live in Spain and Italy, it's, uh, I'm sure it's going to be totally different. Yeah. So let's kind of go through the timeline. So Wednesday, the players report the, to the Ciudad, right? And according to Rack One Radio, they all took the test and no one tested positive. The only player that didn't test was Dembele because he's not registered for La Liga right now. Yeah. And so that's the first start, right? So none of the players test positive. Great. Then on Thursday, Friday, the players started training individually at the pitches. Obviously, they opened up the whole practice facility. They're Mm -hmm. they're able to do that. And so each player was basically in their own space, individually training. And we've got our first injury from this individual (laughs) training. And to no surprise, it's Umtiti. Right. His ninth injury as a Barcelona player, man. It's, 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 I mean, after the World Cup, there there've been so many injuries for from Titi because yeah. remember he had to get surgery he didn't he wanted to play the world cup they won the world cup with with France and and that was awesome but right after that for Barcelona it's been a nightmare 
And it's it's sad for the team because we were already suffering in defense. We don't have a lot mm -hmm. of people there nowadays. So now not having Umtiti for, I don't know for how long, but it's still a lot to worry. And I mean, it also decreases his price if you're trying to sell him yeah, at the end yeah, of the season. Sure. So there's nothing positive coming from this injury. It's, I mean, the only positive thing you can talk about it's maybe one of the young guys coming up but that's it i mean it's just bad news coming from titi yeah and, and like you said after the world cup he's been just injury after injury the other thing too is luis suarez is healthy i mean it's crazy that he already had knee surgery basically yeah. rehab and you noticed that he came a little overweight i mean <laughs> again i always joke with brian before that this is a player in the last four years who doesn't believe in preseason he just kind of shows up and plays his way into the season. And I just assume it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, I saw the picture and I saw the tweets and people making fun of him on Thursday, <laughs> right? That was the first day that we got to see him. But then they posted a picture of him on, on Friday in his Barca stuff, in his Barca equipment, playing with the ball. Mm -hmm. And he didn't look that overweight. So I, I just think it was just a, a thing of the day. And like like you said, he always... Or sometimes at the beginning of the season, he doesn't always look like he's 100% ready for the season. But then he starts just scoring goals and playing well. So I, I don't think that's going to be a problem for for Suarez. And and hopefully he just comes back and he's ready for, to score goals. It's it's awesome how fast he recovered, right? Uh, before yeah. this, the season stopped for the coronavirus uh, thing. We were we were already talking or listening about how Suarez might get to the end of the season to maybe the last couple of rounds of the Champions League or maybe the last uh, rounds of La Liga and we saw it here here we are in the first week of May and he's ready so he had surgery yeah. just four months ago and and he's ready to go yeah it's crazy I think actually this is going to benefit him tremendously because of the way that they're plateauing the training right because essentially yeah. they're doing individual training mm -hmm. so he's able to get back into the groove and then eventually it's going to work into team and he's going to be at the same level as everyone else essentially because everyone else is going through the same steps so I think that's really going to help him now I want to just quickly talk about also you know with the training they came up with some new rules that they have to do I don't know if you heard about this that the players cannot change in the locker room. That's one of the things. So they have to show up individually. They can't mm -hmm. carpool like Luis Suarez and Messi love to do. Yeah. And they have to show up in their practice uniform to the Ciudad. And on top of that, they have to do their own laundry. So this is, these are, yeah, yeah, exactly. So these are some of the well, little quirks yeah, and rules that they have to implement. It looks like college, right? You have to yeah, do exactly. your own laundry. You have to go by yourself. I mean, it's, it's all right. It, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they have to get used to this new new way of living. Sure, and that's, sure. I mean, they're part, like we said last, last episode, they are part of society too. They have to do some things that they're not used to even though they're getting paid millions that that's yeah. that's what it is if you want to play soccer that's what you have to do yeah and so here as, as i always like to say i love this word polemica right controversy yeah again this week there was two polemicas there was two controversies here and two they didn't really have to do with barcelona per se but i just want to kind of talk about this because this is overall you know this is the, something that's going on with la liga and segunda and the first thing I want to talk about is the idea that players were going to be isolated for eight to 10 weeks away from their families. Mm -hmm. And this was a big controversy because some players are against it and some players are for it. Right. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, this is the new Corona time. And as I look at it, I think of it as a temporary solution to get the league back. And yes, it is eight weeks away from your family. I understand that. But 
if you really want to get La Liga back, this is one of the things they can do to implement the safety and security for the players during this time. Yeah, that's, I mean, like we said last week, you have to you have to try to see what's realistic about it, right? Mm. It's Is it true that they're going to stay and not see their families or see whoever? It doesn't have even have to be their families or friends. Or It's it's not easy. And and I saw here with the NBA plans and the MLB plans, they're all, they're all talking about just keeping players like they're prisoners for yeah, yeah. five, six months. And I'm like, that's not realistic. They're going to just go crazy. They're not just, yeah. ma- they're not just machines. That yeah. They need like social life and going out and... Like just any of us, like we have been like what in Spain, it's like what two months, three months of not going out and people are getting crazy. So that's that's going to happen with players, too. I mean, they're just humans like like we are. So I think that's that's not going to be realistic. I don't know what what they're going to do or or what the plan is going to be. But I mean, they need their at least their family. Yeah, again, and I was talking, you know, with this with a friend of mine. It just it wasn't even related with football; it was just related with the coronavirus. Is that mm-hmm. you cannot control this unless yeah. you have a vaccine, and you can put all the measures, the countermeasures, the plans, and but as we've seen in different countries, it's taken different shapes, you know, and yeah. it's so hard to project unless you know you actually do, and that's why I think it's so curious how the Bundesliga is going to go through this, and I think there. Are, an exemplary league to do it because they're mm-hmm. very efficient like the Germans are and they pay attention and they do the things. And so if these other le- leagues want to continue, they have to follow what Bundesliga is going to do going forward. Right. The Germans like to follow the rules, right? And yeah, Spain yeah. and Italy are a little yeah, different, so right? Yeah. And they're more like the Latin culture. They're more like the United States. It's a different way of just seeing life. It's just a matter of the how how they grew up and how they are. It's, I mean, it's it's not easy. The only way I, I can think of it is just having everybody in the same hotel. Like one team just stays at a, at the same hotel, and but you have to have like an army or something to protect. Yeah, it, you you can't have anybody from the outside just coming in because you can risk everything that you're doing. And I don't know if that's realistic at this point. So that's why I mean, and I, and I'm talking about this idea because that's why they were thinking about in the NBA like moving everybody to Orlando to in the island, Disney yeah. resorts and stuff. So they are really isolated but that's not the case in spain like you don't have a, this type of space where you can have 20 teams just staying there isolated so they can play in, in that in that place it's it, i don't know we'll see what 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 happens but i think that that scenario is not realistic them not going out and not seeing their families for so many weeks and stuff i don't see it yeah it's gonna be i mean again it's like you know, the last time we recorded, so many things have changed already. I didn't think we were, they were going to practice this week. I, you know, I definitely thought I was going to get pushed back. And so a lot of things happened day to day. And this kind of brought up back another controversy here. So this this is a, deals with a player, Fali, from Cadiz hmm. in the second division. And what happens if a player doesn't want to play? And the reason why this is a big controversy is because some players are starting to rally behind this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no vaccine he doesn't this player folly does not want to participate because he's scared for his family now that's his point of view that's his choice whatever right yeah and that's a huge talking point here because obviously you have the two sides you know you have the one side screaming be professional go back to work mm-hmm. and then the other side saying they respect his decision because obviously it's a life-threatening thing it's not we're not, we're not just talking about a cold or something minor right and so he has a very valid relief uh, belief and feelings about this so 
we don't really have this in FC Barcelona, but what happens if more players decide not to play? Right. If, if a rival of Barcelona doesn't want to play, what, what, what's mm. going to happen, right? Um, I think, I mean, he has his right. He's, I mean, it's, it's just like the, the country is in a, in a state, in, a, in, a, in an emergency state, right? So yeah. you have the right to say, man, we're in an emergency state. F soccer or football is not a priority right now. So why are we pushing people to do this while it's not really safe? Like you wouldn't do that in the middle of a war or something like that. Yeah. Right? So I, I see his point. I see the other point too. Like you're a professional, like some of us. I mean, I'm a journalist. I'm still working. A lot of people are going out and and, and are still working because they have to. Because that's sure. that's just their their duty. They're getting paid. They have to do it. If if they don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So, I mean, I I think that's going to be the case here. If he's not going to play, they're just going to bring somebody else, and that's it. And if I don't know, he rallies with fifty, a hundred players. They're going to find somebody who's going to play. I think that's going to be the case. I don't yeah. see this getting to a point where Messi says he's not going to play or or Benzema or the, the big names. That's the only way you can really stop something from happening, right? The, the yeah. real important guy saying, you know what? No. This is not the time to play soccer. We're going to stop until next season, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Again, it's this is going to be an interesting thing because, you know, obviously, like I said, it's been a big talking point here on 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 my favorite TV show El Chiriguito, right? <laughs> they they just been hammering this down. And I don't know if you've seen it lately, but it's even worse because they're on Skype. So imagine five of them on Skype trying to yell at each other. It's it's pure chaos. But you know, there's um there's a famous pundit on there and he was just yelling. He's like, you know, be a professional, it's your job and this <laughs> and that. But it's it's not like Again, he does have a valid reason, right? Like you said, we're in a state of an emergency here in Spain, so it's completely different. And it's just curious to see what's going to happen if more players decide not to to participate, and also what happens with their pay. You know, that's right, the other right. thing with that, that with that idea. I have a question for you: Is there a yeah. players' association in the Liga, right? Yeah, yeah. There well, is. that's they're, they're going to have a, a very important role here, but that's because oh that's seeing seeing it from what's happening here in the U.S., like with the NBA Players Association, the MLB Players Association. That's the first part of the, trying to come back, convincing them that their players are going to be safe to do whatever they're supposed to do, which is yeah. play their sport. So it's going to be on their shoulders right there. Again, but the thing is, the association is just not as strong. That's the thing. And, you know, obviously La Liga and the money is going to be pushing, yeah. you know, because not only that, you know, it employs more people and, and mm -hmm. it just boosts morale and economy. So it's it's such a complicated philosophical situation. Right. And like I said, I'm glad that the Bundesliga is going first because I think they could, they're going to be the example. And then hopefully Spain can follow yeah. suit. So we got this question from Leroy from our Patreon community. He said, what's the impact of FIFA's decision to allow a maximum of five substitutions per game? So I wanted to kind of go over this. These are, you know, FIFA approved some new kind of temporary rule changes to help speed the game. I don't know why they need to speed the game because it's not like they're playing four games in a day. But let's just highlight some of this. So the first thing is each team will be permitted to use a maximum of five substitutes I think obviously it's a good idea with that because especially in the beginning, you want to allow change. But Alejandro, I ask you, will we use five substitutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I like this this new rule. I, I'm I'm all about giving more players the chance to play because sometimes you you just run out. Of, I mean, you as you see the head coaches and they're like, oh my god, I have one 
one sub left, so what, what should I do? Or, yeah. or they weigh too much, like Valverde used to do, right? Yeah. I mean, like, why are you waiting so much? Because they only have three substitutions. I don't know. I mean, some other people say, I mean, they're, they're, you can sub half of the team. That's crazy, right? Half of the yeah. 10 players that are playing on the on the pitch right, in, in, during the game. But, I, you know, sometimes I I think it's... it's it's gonna be more fun. It's gonna be more options for the for the clubs to see. You know what? We're gonna do this four substitutions right now because this is just yeah. going terrible. So we're just gonna flip it out and try to do something entirely different. I, I think it's it's gonna be fun. I I like the the idea. I like it that we're they're gonna try it right here. And I don't I don't know if the, if it's gonna be a temporary thing. I think they're gonna they're thinking about keeping it in the future as a, as a normal rule, especially this of, of the sub. It's, it's it's an important point of this situation is that they're only going to be allowed to stop the game in three occasions per team. Yeah. It's not like they're going to stop five times because yeah. that way they're going to just waste a lot of time, right? Like like some clubs are, are used to do with their subs. So uh, I, I like it. I mean, I know for, for romantic soccer <laughs> uh, followers it's it's a hard thing to to see right like they're they're experimenting but i think something similar happened when they were only two subs back in the yeah, old days yeah. right and when when they didn't have the the instant replay or the var people were like no why are you using that and nowadays once you 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 get the the right call people are glad that this exists so i think it's it's just a matter of getting used to it i like it that the coaches are going to have the options but I see the point that some people might 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 see like they're, they're interrupting the game too much or changing it too much. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think, like you said, you highlighted a good point. So the difference too is that you're only going to have three opportunities during the match to make the substitutions, and you can also do it at halftime as well. Yeah. If you do it at halftime, it still counts as one of them. Okay, so you can't do three plus halftime, for example. You okay. know, so halftime does count for one of them. I think it's fine, you know, but I don't. I just don't think every coach is going to use all those substitutions. I mean, we've seen it with three that some coaches will only do one. So, yeah. you know, even though you have the availability of five, I, I still don't think coaches will <laughs> will use it because coaches hate using substitutions. You it think doesn't so? matter. And, yeah. Oh my gosh! It what in 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 little league, in high school, in college, in pros, co- <laughs> coaches hate using substitutions. What, what do you think about because I was I was talking to some of my friends and they were like you know what's probably gonna happen bigger clubs are just gonna buy more stars because now you can play more people from the bench so you can have I don't know Lautaro playing forty five minutes after Luis Suarez plays forty five minutes so that's that's gonna give bigger clubs more chance to just have more players like that you don't think so no because we already have a deep bench for example right now. And we're not using any of those players like in the way you were thinking, you know, all of a sudden, let's say, uh, you know, let's say with Luis Suarez. Right. So, you know, as a striker, you would say, yeah, he's not the fastest. He's more physical. And then all of a sudden you bring a speedster in in the second half. Mm -hmm. We never do that, you know. And I think it's, a, you know, it's one way to look at it. But again, it's just it's too costly to do it that way. You know, you're not maximizing, I think. But however, we have those games. Now, the other thing that I think is going to impact, obviously, is, you know, we'll see. You know, again, I'm very curious to see how Setien uses the younger players and if he actually uses them. You know, we saw, for example, Ricky Puj coming in to get tests. I want to see him play. You know, I want to see the younger players getting more playing time to push these guys, especially when it's such a compressed season now. 
Right. You have Puch, you have Ansu Fati, guys that mm-hmm. are good, that are really good, really good, but they're not getting any minutes in the in the first team. And, and these are the players, these are the type of players that I think are going to benefit from this measure, right? Yeah. Because sometimes you're like, you know what? I wanted to give Ansu Fati, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes at least, but, you know, I had to do my other subs, get Vidal some playing time, Rakitic, whoever was in, in the bench, and, and it's hard for them to get some minutes. So... I, Hopefully, I, I'm I'm here with you. And I mean, Puig was uh, starting his first game with Setien, and yeah. then he, he just disappeared. I don't know if Peered, if yeah. Setien just wanted him to keep playing in the B side and and not just sitting in the in the first uh, team bench. But it's still crazy to me that he's not coming back, or that he never came back after that. But I mean, it's it's gonna be a good point. Uh, hopefully, the more young guys get more minutes, right? Because we, you also have guys like Piquet that plays always the nine minutes. So he's he was probably dead. I don't know if he he, yeah, yeah. If he was gonna be able to finish the season the way he should have been. Now with this pause, whatever is like some vacations for them, so they're gonna be coming back as as new players. But hopefully that this this gives the option to the younger players. I'm I'm with you in there. Yeah, again, I think this, you know, this short season with the intensity of the games being like, you know, every two days or three days or whatever is going to happen is definitely going to benefit the younger teams and the teams that are outside of the major cities because of their training and their ability to, to adapt faster. I think, as Leroy asked here with the impact, I think it's crucial that Setien finds a balance between the veterans and the young players and using those substitutions at the beginning because... We just can't afford any injuries, you know, especially just seeing Umtiti get injured. Now, I just want to add two more points with these rule changes. There's, you know, in extra time, you're going to be allowed an extra substitution. Sure, mm-hmm. that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I mean, there shouldn't be extra time only, if, obviously, if it's a sudden death or whatever. But the other thing this is this kind of bothers me a little bit is that there's going to be no VAR. And I don't understand this. Now, the reason for this was to speed the game up is what they're saying. But Alejandro, last time I checked, they're just playing one game a day. So who cares if it's an extra five minutes just to get the call right? It's not as though they're playing a weekend tournament in California, right, right, for right. example. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a like a weak excuse, right, to get rid yeah, of, the, yeah. of the VAR. I don't know if it has to be also with the how many people you can have watching the, the VAR, the monitors and could all be, that. Could be, could be. Because, I mean, you shouldn't – well, you know what? It doesn't even matter because you can have two or three people just separated with – the, whatever distance they need to, and, and that will be fine. I mean, they they communicate with their with the headset, the microphone yeah. with the headset anyway. So, I don't know, man. I don't like it either. I think I think it should be the other way around. Not having a yeah. referee on the field. You know what? We don't need a referee on the field. I mean, we we obviously need yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. it should be the other way around. Like, you know what? Let's get as many people out of the field as we can, and let's let's have them outside i don't know it, it yeah, would be weird because, because you always need a referee there like at the moment to you know what foul whatever but <laughs> i don't know i i i want to i want to have the the var i want to have more access to the var i want it to be the other yeah. way around like i was i finally got to watch match day i'm not going to tell you how and then <laughs> i saw i saw a one of the the first two chapters how they were telling the referee to go check the penalty that Luis Suarez uh, had mm-hmm, suffered mm-hmm. from Varane. And I'm like, we should be able to watch this process. Yeah. I mean, it was very yeah, interesting yeah. how they were talking like, hey, stop the game. We're checking here. You should go check it. That would be so awesome to watch it live. 
because that would be even adding more to the polemica, right? Why they didn't yeah. tell the referee to go check it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I think that would be that would be great for fans watching the the game live and and the after show and then analyzing how they were communicating and all that. I mean, that would be great for the fan experience from home. So I want the VAR back and I want more access to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope that this is just a temporary thing because they spend so much money, you know, putting the new VAR rooms in every stadium yeah. and, you know, going through this. You know, this is the second year and it's I think it's much better this year than last year, obviously. Last year was the growing pains, you know, obviously the inaugural mm-hmm. and going through that. But this year has been much better. I haven't had any quite issues or contentions. I think they have a better communication of when to use it. But again... Uh, I, I would love to see the communications be published more. I mean, this goes yeah. down to, you know, the transparency of mm-hmm. the referees and also of the players afterwards with media, you know, like, a, you know, how they do it here. They go through the mix zone and if they want to talk, they don't have, you know, they can talk. If they don't want to, they just go walk through. And I think, right. you know, players should be held accountable and referees should be held accountable. Those things should be released after the game or during the game just to see what is actually going on. I agree with you. That's what I like about American sports, that you can go to the clubhouse mm-hmm. and talk to the players, to the MLB players. You can yeah. go to the locker room and talk to the NBA players. You can you have a, a press conference, of course, for the coach or whatever, but you can talk to any of the other coaches in the locker room too. Sure. And that access, it's so hard for soccer. Like I Covering the games here at the Hard Rock Stadium, you couldn't talk to the players. You have to beg them to stop so you can get maybe one or two minutes with them? No. Yeah, I, yeah. That's awful. After, after yeah. you, I mean, you get to the stadium two or three hours before the game. You watch the game that it's around two hours, two hours and a half. And then you have to wait for them to shower, change, whatever, all that. So it's six or seven hours to stay there and maybe, only maybe, get one yeah. or two minutes. That's, that's not good. And what are they going to say? We tried our best and we'll take one game at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Right, famous quotes. So, yeah, right, I'm with you. I mean that that will I mean that will help journalists, and I'm talking as a journalist right now. But that will also help uh, fans to get more access sure. to your players, which is the the end for everybody. That's their main yeah. goal, just to get some more quotes from your player, because we want to hear, we want to talk about the details of the game. That's the interesting yeah. part, right? What happened in this play? What was going through your mind? What happened there? Why did you did this instead of that? That's that's what's interesting about it. So. I think soccer will be. I mean, it's at some point it has to happen, but I don't see it happening in the next four or five years. But it has to happen yeah. at some point, right? To have this access for for journalists to the players, so fans at the end can get more more information and, and more stories from yeah. every every and each of these games. I, I again, you know, with we're lucky enough that FC Barcelona wins more than they lose, right? Yeah. But when they lose, mm-hmm. I want to hear and get explanations and just more details, as as I do with any other sport when the journalists ask the tough questions after losses, because I think just having that accountability, those details, like we're interested. We don't want to like what happened in Liverpool, where they took them five weeks after for them to actually speak and say, "Oh, we were we were sad." It's like no, it's past the moment, you know, right? All right, so let's let's go on a couple of quick hits here. So last uh, last week, uh, Ronald Koeman, former Barcelona defender, dream teamer, suffered a heart attack. Obviously, he's a lot better now. He recovered, and this is funny to me—not funny to me. Obviously, I'm glad that he's okay. But the thing is, the rumor mill still has him as the next coach. 
and I'm very right. anti-Kumin. I don't really? know how you feel about Kumin. Yeah. Well, remember Kumin was my first pick in the draft, right? Yeah, I know. Because he I scored know. that. Well, as a player, though, as a player. It's, yeah, a yeah, different, yeah. it's a different concept having him as a player than as a coach. He was a much better player than a coach. Uh, like Guardiola is much as a much better coach than a player. It just happens. It, it's different for each one of them. And I think Kuman would be a good option. But I see other other guys that could get the team and and will be better. I I, I want to see a Xavi having the team, or maybe not Xavi right now, but in 2022 yeah. or in a couple of years. And I don't know Roberto Martinez, the guy that's with uh, Belgium right now. He he can sure. be a, a good option. I mean we. I don't see. I mean, Kuman uh, coached Valencia at some point, and I didn't really uh -huh. see a, a great team there. So I don't know if, if with Barcelona he would be the right guy to coach, right? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to blanket this, but all my Dutch friends they have one characteristic: they're very blunt, sometimes too blunt. Yeah, and okay. I was talking. It was it's it's hilarious. I was telling my friend about my Dutch friends about this, and I think he kind of has that Van Gaal kind of personality where he's the best i'm the master don't question me and i don't think that's the best approach especially at fc barcelona where you're going to be under constant barrage and constant pressure to perform now obviously he's been with the dutch team i just don't think he would be a good fit i think maybe he would be a good stopgap you know in between a season if we had a fire coach or something but i like you said i would rather just Right, Setien, to see what else he can do. Yeah. Then hopefully transition to Javi from there. I see a Kuman maybe more as a director, like bringing mm -hmm. players, maybe in that role okay. like Abidal is doing right now. It would be different, maybe he's part of the of the structure there, but not really as a head coach. I mean, that's that's how I see Kuman right now. But I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we get somebody that plays the way we like right that's 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 yeah, all we want right and with Setien that's not happening right now so that's why we are we have all these rumors is he gonna stay for the next season or whatever yeah and, but at the end of the day we just have we just want somebody that gets gets Barcelona to play the way we we used to place at some point yeah and that's a good point I didn't think of him as being a sporting director I think he could be that because he would be amazing in contract negotiations being yeah. that blunt right he's like take the <laughs> I mean, five million or I walk you have to do it <laughs> yeah exactly and, and that's maybe I, I mean I don't know how Vidal works because I don't really know him and never talked to him or anything like that but sometimes when you have a guy that is so nice in that position that maybe doesn't know how to say no to some offers and maybe mm -hmm. pays a little bit more than we should be paying for more than one player. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just it doesn't help the team. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good news that he recovered. And he said he's had a history of, of heart problems. So this is uh, hopefully something that he has to monitor. But, you know, he's feeling better. Now let's move on to some La Masia talk. And, you know, we've been clamoring for more opportunities for younger players and it looks like the center back Ronald Araujo is going to get that opportunity it looks like he's going to get signed and before we record I asked you is this more of like obviously romantically from afar you're saying oh look they prom they promoted a, a Barca B player right to the mm -hmm. first team but obviously the reason they're doing this is because they don't have any cash for anything else 
they don't have any cash and they have I mean they have to fill that that place right and and the other the other thing that FIFA is going to prove is that we're going to have 23 players in every for every game so it's going to be like mm -hmm. they do in, in national competitions that will allow a deeper bench than whatever we have right now and that's going to allow Barcelona to bring more young players to to the first team Araujo I mean I remember his debut with Valverde he had a great game great minutes and then he got sent off red card yeah. and, <laughs> and, and that was it for him at that point I mean he's he's your Hawaiian he's very good he's not at the level as Todi Boys right now just to yeah. name a guy right and I mean I'm glad that he's gonna be there Umtiti we don't know how how long he's gonna be out how good he's gonna he's gonna be at some point at the end of the season and if he's gonna be able to help but we need somebody to help Piquet and Linglet there because they're yeah. it's, it's just impossible to play three games a week and just perform at the same level for two months straight. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. So Especially we need, with this we need heat. Araujo, yes. We need Araujo there. Yeah, yeah. Especially with this heat. Now, I found a, a, a very good scouting report on, on him. Here's the two sentences for him. Ready? No-nonsense center back and tries to play his way out of trouble. So those are – because obviously the scouting report is still new, right? So this is from – uh, FM scout. So I just thought it was funny because it's like no nonsense, no nonsense center back. I would agree with this. I mean, from what I've seen, and also he's Uruguayan, so that kind of fits that profile. Right. Hopefully he's like uh, Diego Godin, right? Yeah. Uh, Chema Jimenez, something like that. I mean, it's it's he's still young. We we can we can't really ask him to be the savior of our defense because we have so many problems and so many issues, and and that's gonna be a, a theme of this Barcelona team, especially not having somebody for Jordi Alba. For example, the, the sub that we have there is not really a, 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 at a Barca yeah. level right now. Firpo and in, in the right side, Semedo has had a, a good season, but we also have Sergio Roberto there. But sometimes he plays more forward. We, we don't really. I mean, it's it's a mixture of things, and we need we need somebody that's just solid in defense. And hopefully, Araujo makes the most of this opportunity and, and he gets the call for next season because what I'm seeing is that we don't really have somebody to take Piquet's spot after he's done, right? Yeah. We're like, okay, we're selling every young defender that we have. <laughs> I remember Bartra. I remember, I don't know, so many names that come to my mind, like they should be here right now. Yeah. This is the moment where they would have been useful. And now we, we send Todibo to Schalke and, and I read some reports from Sport that S, I mean, it's not like I believe everything they write, sure. but they, they were saying that they were trying to sell him. And I'm like, no, why would you sell somebody <laughs> that's going to help you? And then you're going to be probably buying a central defender for 50, 60 million in the market. That's That just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know why the board is so anti-Todibo. I, I just don't yeah. get it because from what I've seen, and I like as I've always said, the only reason I'm on board is because the glimpses I saw, and I just want to see more to make a better decision about if I'm on board or I'm, I'm not, you know? But that's the thing is right. what I've seen, I've been very excited about. I just don't understand because in every player rumor you read, he's always involved in it as part of, you know, the player agreement with that. And again, like you said, we need to, you know, use this. Well, obviously, Arahu needs to use this opportunity and hopefully he'll get playing time and just get more confidence so that he'll actually be, uh, you know, next season on the first team. Now, the next Look, thing here here in Miami, we're talking about the 
Todibo. I got to see him here in Miami when Barca came to play Napoli. Uh-huh. I, I was thinking they were going to use Piquet, but no, they used uh, Todibo. And I saw him play, and I'm like, this guy can play in the first team. This He's very good. He's very solid. He, he's fast. He's a fast defender that can get out there and create opportunities for the midfielders and, and strikers. So that's a guy that, wa- that I want to see having more minutes with the first yeah. team because I think he can be helpful. I mean, I only saw 90 minutes of him. It's not, uh, like, it's not really the, the amount of time that you need to, sure. to really have a, a real grasp of the player. But it's a, it's a good first impression, right? That's that's what I got from that day. That and, and Ricky Push. And, and I think either, neither of, of them has had their real minutes to show what they're capable of. Yeah, it's a good point. And like I said, I, I want to see more so that we can... A, either get his market value up or we can actually see, oh, maybe he's not because he lacks this or that. But I mean, but like I said, from what you've seen and what I've seen, I think he's a solid player and I think he's, he would be a great upgrade to whatever we had. Now, this week or when I was preparing this doc, all you have to do, this poor guy, you just have to type Rakitic and <laughs> FC Barcelona and go to Google News and this poor guy just gets articles and articles and articles i just thought this was interesting because apparently according to sport um the reason why there's been kind of a mini fallout between rakitic and the players is because after last season when they lost at anfield rakitic went to la feria in sevilla which is their annual you know fiesta and he took pictures on instagram and wow and he wasn't he was partying apparently and and you're not supposed to party after a loss apparently and what do you think? I put here in the document, who cares? <laughs> right. Well, here, here's the thing. Okay. As a, as a player, I understand that maybe he had plans already. I mean, they won mm-hmm. the first game 3-0. So they were, uh, I mean, they were comfortable for the other game. I mean, he planned going to the, this feria or whatever right the day after. And they were probably going to celebrate qualifying for the Champions League final. So that was fine. I mean, that was the plan probably in Rakitic's yeah. head, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm so happy that we won the first game 3-0. We're ready to play another final. And then we go to Anfield. We, we play a hard game there, but we survive and we go to the final and that's it. And I can go celebrate whatever I want. And the news that day would have been uh, Rakitic celebrates at La Feria yeah. qualifying to the Champions League final and everybody would have been fine, right? Here, here's a, a public relations matter, I think. It's, I mean, that's his, that's his personal profile. He can do whatever with that, right? But I understand fans. I mean, they're, they're hurt, right? They're, they're, they're in that first phase of just being eliminated, especially in the way that they were eliminated and, and the way everything happened at, at Anfield. And I, I know that when they saw that picture, they're, they're angered. It's just <laughs> probably just growing inside of them. And I understand that part because they're fans. They're not, at that point, they're not really objective. They're just so subjective about what's happening with Rakitic. And seeing him smiling in that picture, I understand the feeling. But at, at, at the same time, I mean, that's his profile. I mean, he can post whatever picture he, he feels like it. Yeah. I just think if he had a PR, and I don't know if he has it, the PR probably would have told him, you know what, don't post it right now. Maybe next week, maybe when when the water goes down a little bit, you can do it as a PR matter. But, I mean, that's his right. I, I, I think 
it doesn't have to be with. I mean, Rakitic wasn't the the main guy why Barcelona lost four zero at Anfield anyway. So I think it doesn't matter to me. Like you said, who cares? But the, that Barcelona fan that is really hurt, that was really hurt at that point, I think that was that was the that was the reason. I mean, it's it's still silly at some point, but I understand why they were so mad. So I have two things to add to this. Yeah. He didn't post it. Okay. Okay. Someone else took a picture of him and posted it. So that's how it I think came. it was his friend, right? Yeah, like his it was it was part of like the group that he was with, and he actually yeah. asked them not to share it. Okay, so that's okay. the first caveat. The that, second thing you, you have to understand what this feria of Sevilla is. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not just like a one day off party. La feria is two weeks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And this happens all over Spain. Every every city, every community has their fiesta. Pamplona has their famous one, the San Fermines, which again, it's two weeks, and so. The people of the community plan all year long, like they mm-hmm. contribute to a fund, let's say, right? Money. Yeah. And they have, they put away this money all year long so they can party two weeks with food and drink, part of their like kind of like social club type of thing. Now, Rakitic is very Sevillano, right? Like he is heart and soul. That's where he met his wife. That's the first thing. So he identifies that. So I have some friends from Sevilla. This is like, if you're from there, you do not miss it. You move, you go back, you know, and it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So him going there, I looked up at the dates and it just happened to coincide, you know, yeah. with the Anfield loss. Obviously, he obviously made the plans way before. It's not like just because of this. And again, I just give the caveat that he didn't post the picture directly. Some one of his friends posted it. And the other thing, too, I just say to it, I just I just brought this up because a, I don't really think he really had a fallout with his friends. But the thing is. Rakitic is the transfer boy, whipping boy, basically. I mean, every mm-hmm. rumor has him going away, and all the other teams have to respond and say no. And I just feel bad for him because, like we've talked about in the previous episodes, I think he still has value for the team, especially like right now, where I think he'll mm-hmm. be a very good sub playing 50 minutes a game and giving us that type of energy. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like we said, we both want Rakitic in this team, and we hear and he 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 was associated with Juventus, Inter, PSG, and you name it, right? So many teams that are supposedly to be interested, or he's going to be part of a trade, or whatever, Pjanic, and all this saga, whatever. And I don't know if he, if this situation had to be had to do with the way the the board treated him after mm, in the beginning be. of the next season, right? Because I mean. Like you said, they they spent five weeks to even talk about this moment, right? And it was so crazy. Like, why are you waiting so much? Everybody knows that you guys are sad or mad or whatever. It's, it's just normal. Any team would be just mad and sad and just even depressed or whatever, however you want to feel. And that that was maybe the, the, the main thing, right? That Rakitic got out and he was... He was probably sad too, but he had to go to this thing, maybe see his friends, maybe get a, a little bit uh, away from that situation sure. too because they're human. Like we were yeah. talking in, in the beginning of this episode, they're not machines. They have feelings too. They they need air. They need to refresh sometimes too. It's not like it's not like they go, they play, and they change, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, Who yeah, cares? Yeah. No, they feel too. They, they Some of them are also fans of the club. They want the club to do well. Uh, even if they're not playing as a as a starter, so it's it, uh, I mean I I love Rakitic, you know that, and and our friends from Barca talk know this, but and I think the club and the fans have been a little bit unfair with him at some points, 
especially after all that he's done for the club. And and this is just one one, one of other thing. those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted. To, I just thought it was interesting because I was just you know I put in you know I was I saw that he came up on a bunch of articles and I said Rakitic <laughs> FC Barcelona and Google News was like boom so many articles I was like God man. Anyway, uh, want to go to this other question we got from Instagram from JCVille seventeen. What players would you give away in a La Toro deal? Now I'm going to put this caveat. We have here on the document Rakitic and we just talked about how much we love them. <laughs> I want to try to come up with a deal where we don't deal Rakitic. Okay, let's try okay. to be optimistic with that. So let's let's take a look. So obviously, I'm looking at the you know the roster. The, we don't have the buyout clause. We just have the market value type of idea. Yes. And I'm looking at this, and I'm already including Arda Turan in this move. <laughs> Arda. <laughs> Is he, he a Barca the, player? He's still on Is the books. Is he a books. Barca player? He's still on the books. He's still on the books. So he's automatically yeah. in this. He's kind of like the ball of uh, the bag of balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He's only worth like 650, they say. So throw him in there just to get rid of him, you know? So who else you got in here? Who else would you put in here in, in this in this trade? I wish that, you know, for basketball, they have this trade machine on ESPN. I wish they yes. would do the same thing for for football. I think it would be well, really it's, fun. Well, it's probably going to happen now yeah. that there's not going to be a lot of money involved. Sure, or, for transfer. Uh, or, yeah, yeah. or as much money involved as, as they used to be. You're going to have to start trading players like they do in the NBA or, yeah, NBA yeah. or, or other sports. Because, because that's the only way to, to really get the player that you want. Here's the thing, though. In Barcelona, we think that the other teams are just dumb and they're just going to give us Lautaro. <laughs> and we give them, I don't know, Sergio Roberto and another sub player and then everybody's going to yeah, be yeah, happy, yeah. right? And that's just not going to happen. If they're, if they're going to uh, give Lautaro to Barcelona, they're probably going to ask for a very good player back, sure. right? And who's that player right now? And that's why uh, Arthur was in so many rumors because that's kind of the profile of a player that you would ask if you're Inter Milan, right? Sure. Because you're not going to get a, a, a Semedo or a, I don't know. A, I don't even see like who else could be like Braithwaite. No, they're yeah. not going to get that type of player. They need a good guy that can really help the team. So he has to be Rakitic. Vidal, maybe? <laughs> Arturo Vidal that you don't like? And that that has experience in Italy and has played with Juventus and has a one more year, but I don't know. I mean, that that would be the guy, Arturo Vidal, maybe. In okay, so maybe I have I have some I have some different ways you can look at this. You can look at this as are you trying to get the least amount of players, or are you just trying to match the salaries, right? So if we want right. just to get the least amount of players, you're going to go Rakitic Artur straight up for Latura. That'd probably do it, you know, because. The salaries of market value, let's say, I think they wanted 65 to 70 million, and Artur and Rakitic, I think those two. Okay, Arthur and Rakitic, but would you do that right no, now? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, and I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of Barcelona fans would do that either. I mean, you have a great player in Lautaro, but okay, now you have five forwards and you have two less midfielders. But see, I'm on, I'm on the I fence that I don't want to bring Martinez in. That's my. You don't. You you think Martinez is not necessary? Correct. I think we have other holes, and again, this is just a pipe dream. We have so many issues with our team that right. La Toro is not going to cover up everything. And for what? Again, we're going to be spending so much money again for this one player. That yes, I think he does have the potential, but I just think we have so many other holes that we need to address before we getting a forward is the easiest thing in the transfer market. That's always the right. easiest thing. I mean, if we don't get him this year, next year there can be another player that comes up and is a high profile, sexy target. 
Getting forwards in the transfer market is the easiest thing. Defenders, midfields, Barca B players, those are the hardest things. And that's what's yeah. going to keep the balance of the books. I'm with you there. And I think Barcelona needs another central defender, right? Yeah. We are, we yeah. are all we yeah, all yeah. agree with that. Like um the light, like yeah, yeah. we were talking about last season. And and I I think that would be the, the main focus and that that should be the main focus or the board, but I, we know that it's not. They want to bring Lautaro and they want to bring Neymar. So yeah. guess who's going to play there then? Yeah. Guess when Ansu Fati is going to get players. Bray White is not going to get minutes either. I mean, you, you're going to have to ship some of these players somewhere if you bring these two, right? I mean, I don't know. If you want to bring Lautaro, I think if it's not going to be with money, if you're going to give players away, you're going to end up giving away Arthur and Rakitic, like you said. What about this? I would you- I would add Vidal there because okay. you know, he's, he what just about, has what about one Vid- year what, left. What about Vidal and Ansu Fati? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with Ansu Fati. Because Ansu Fati is maybe the best young attacker that you have in the Barca B side. So why would you give... I mean, in the future, Lautaro, okay, Lautaro is a good, great player, but he's going to need an Ansu Fati by his, his side okay, but you, maybe you a couple of years. You can't have it all. You can't have it all. No, I know, I know we can't <laughs> have it all. That's why I, I wouldn't bring him either. Like we have, we have so many forwards right now, and I don't think that's a priority for yeah. this team right yeah. now. But I, I would, I think Ansu Fati is just not transferable. I would put him with Messi and Ter Stegen. Really? Right oh, yeah. Man. I mean, he's so young and so good. Gabriel, I don't is know. Is he really if, that good? Yeah, he is yeah, that good. Man. I don't know. He is that good, and he can be even better. Uh, I, if, I mean, if we polish him enough. But so, do you have do you have faith that we can polish him? That's the thing. I mean, I well, mean, that's he, that's a different <laughs> that's a different thing, right? But you have to trust your team. I mean, you, you can't do anything else. It's not gonna like. I mean, that's that's what you have to focus on. So to bring Lautaro, I think. I mean, if you want to go that route, maybe thinking about how Arthur is. He's never, I mean, at this point, he hasn't found a way to play the entire 90 minutes. That's a handicap of him. Yeah. Uh, he gets injured every now and then, too, and that would be uh, maybe a thing. Uh, another option could be Coutinho, maybe, if they're interested. They're not interested. And new heirs <laughs> for Coutinho, but that's, those are the options that you have to, yeah, yeah. to have there because that's the, that's the guy that you want to get rid of, right? Because he's the... The guy that can bring you more money, and that's what you need at this point. But I don't know, man. I will I, personally. I will stay with Coutinho. I will stay with Ansu Fati, and I will stay with whoever I want. I have right now: Braithwaite, uh, Suarez, Messi, Dembele. Griezmann. Covers Griezmann. I mean, we have people there. It's not yeah. like we need forwards. That's I think I, we need a central defender. If we're I mean, gonna put I, somebody else in central defense, that's fine. But we need we need people there. Yeah, again, this goes down to the FIFA kind of culture where you can just pick up a player or create a player, right? You just want yeah, the next yeah. guy. Again, I think he's a good talent, but I just don't think there's the need. And if you're looking at this economically, and you know where's he going to fit, and we haven't had a coach that's been able to interchange these players and forwards and keep them all happy. Again, we have yeah. Griezmann. He's a world-class forward, right? And we still haven't been able to unlock him. So I think everyone needs to really kind of relax on that. You know, I, Like we said, we, I think we have more holes on our defense. And that's ultimately going to help us win more games than just getting another Lataro. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the last thing I want to just kind of brush up on is uh, this past week in Barca history. It's obviously... The, this past week had some milestones and obviously the lowest point of the last couple of five years. So let's go with mm-hmm. 
The good news first, obviously, it was the anniversary May 6th Iniesta goal at Stamford Bridge, and then obviously Messi's brace against Bayern Munich, where he did that amazing chip goal when he went right, when I think he should go right more often. Uh, <laughs> any, any, I mean, we did the rewatchables with the Bayern game, and obviously Iniesta, what else can we say? But I just, when I see that on Twitter, it still just makes me smile to see those GIFs, those videos, and everyone just tweeting about it. Yeah, and it's and it's funny how uh, Madridistas are always talking about the the steal that was in in, Amford, in Stamford Bridge and all the polemica and all yeah. that stuff. And the way I remember, I was watching it in a very small TV, like a little portable <laughs> thing, and I was like, "God damn it, Barcelona is just getting is, is out of the Champions yeah. League right now." Even though they, they were the the best team at, at that point, and I remember just. Seeing in the ball was this small, so small that I couldn't even see it. But I, I remember just watching uh, Iniesta just celebrating and going crazy, and the entire bench just going around yeah. and, and jumping. And yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. That was right before one of my baseball practices way back in the day. So I was jumping right before the practice, <laughs> celebrating and stuff, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, again, I, I love. I, I remember always with that, you know, that game against Chelsea is. I had a friend who was a, he was my only friend in Phoenix that liked football with me. So, but he was a huge Chelsea fan, hmm. and I just remember the Michael Essien goal that he scored at the first half, and I was like, "Are you well, kidding me?" Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Michael Essien scores what two goals a year?" You know, and he, he scores, scores that one. Yeah. <laughs> he scores that. That's like good. that's like Busquets scoring yeah. this type of goal. That never happens. Yeah, yeah, off the chest, upper ninety, right? And and I was like, really, Michael Essien? Seriously, that guy? Yeah. And obviously the relief of Iniesta. Now, obviously the bad one, the the Liverpool <laughs> no. anniversary, no. yeah, of last year. Yeah. I did a funny thing because when I saw that, it w that was May seventh, and when I saw it was, I listened to our episode that I did with Brian immediately mm -hmm. after right the game, after. right after the game. And for any of you who just want to like close that chapter, you should listen to it because Brian and I were so emotionally upset, but it was mm -hmm. so good that we did it right after the game because we were able just to like, just to talk to someone about what we just watched. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed that I mentioned in that is like, I was complaining about where's the second assistant. Mm -hmm. And you saw on match day that the second assistant is in the booth getting a bird's eye view. And after all of seeing of the match day and seeing what happened, I still don't understand the substitutions we made, the lineups we had, yeah. and Coutinho start. I mean, I was so livid after this. And so I highly recommend it. I was listening on YouTube and it was just so much fun because I was just <laughs> like, obviously not the moment was fun, but just listening to my emotion, it's, it's up there. It's like we were just an emotional response directly after the match. Yeah, here's the thing with Anfield, right? I think they played better than they played at Rome a couple of years okay. before that, right? Because that game at Rome, they just sucked. They didn't have any yeah, yeah. shots on target. It was just awful the entire 90 minutes. But when you watch, when you rewatch the, the Anfield Road 4-0 loss, you actually see, you watch a re very even game. It, was, it could have been to either side if, I mean, Allison had a couple of good saves, uh, Suarez wasn't as sharp as he yeah. used to be, and Messi missed uh, uh, one goal too. Jordi, Jordi Alba was by Jordi himself. Worst game. Yeah. I don't know why he he passed the ball to Messi. I don't know <laughs> why he he was trying to deflect the ball and he yeah. gave it to the, the Liverpool guys two times. I mean, I think if if that's not the worst game Barcelona has played, uh, just the game, not the result and everything yeah, yeah. that went on. The game itself, I mean, it was bad, but I, I've seen Barcelona playing way worse. 
the what what hurts me the most, and I remember watching this game live, and I'm like, the fourth goal, man, it's just it's okay that a team beats you, and they were beating us three zero, but it was tied at that point. Yeah, yeah. So it was three three on the aggregate, and it, it was still going on. I mean, it was a it was a good fight. We punched them three zero in the in the first game, and maybe we should have not won that game three yeah. zero because they they played very well at Camp Nou too. So that was that was a little unfair for Liverpool at that point. But the the way they lost with that corner kick, I yeah. think that's that's what really makes me mad. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. That way, like, you can lose. I mean, you can win or lose. That's fine. But you cannot lose at that this way. level yeah, yeah. that way. That's amateur. what really that's what really gets me. Yeah, amateur hour. It's complete amateur hour. But I mean, have a listen to it. It's funny because I'm just going off about how uh, Valverde shouldn't get on the plane. And it's just funny <laughs> to see fast forward that he made it all the way till January, you know, yeah, after man. that debacle. And I, I remember Jordi Alba. I was just I was complaining about Jordi. I mean, I was so pissed, right, because the tripleta just crashed in 90 minutes, you know, and just like you said, losing on an amateur hour goal. And yeah, it's just it, I do, I listened to the whole thing. and I just like. Just that, laughing about that it. That season last year was going so perfect. Like, wow. we beat Real Madrid 5-1 Ish. without Messi. Yeah, yeah. We uh, got rid of Real Madrid in the semifinals of Copa del Rey. Yes, that was yeah. awesome. At Bernabeu. We uh, crushed Manchester United in the quarterfinals. We crushed Liverpool in the... Well, we didn't crush them. We mm. was 3-0 in the, in the first game, the first leg. That season was just perfect. I mean, well, they well, were in the final. Before, perfect I mean, in results. Okay, I mean, that's we, what I was going to It was say. going the way we want. Like, we wow. are leading La Liga. That's fine. It's not even close. We are in the semifinals of the Champions League. We are in the final of the Copa del Rey. And this moment just stopped everything for Barca. And yeah, I, I know. I that's, know. That's what happens. I know I know. we weren't playing like the yeah, Barca yeah. Pep. We weren't playing like Luis Enrique Pep uh, team. But it's it's... It was still a good season in results. I know. I know. In, That's in paper, and and it sucks that it just went down that way so fast in ninety minutes. Yeah, not yeah. even ninety minutes because if you if you watch the game, ten minutes. It, yeah, it was <laughs> it was one zero at halftime. Yeah, so yeah. we were we were still okay. finalists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for five minutes left. So yeah, yeah. that's what really gets me. Those crazy four or five minutes. That's just it's just awful. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're bored this weekend, have a listen to it because it's so funny. I'm, my voice is completely different. I'm so upset. I'm just rambling. And it was funny because I, I'll never forget that night in that I texted Brian. I said, we should record. And he just says, yes, 15 yeah. minutes. And I just remember we just both jump on and we just started. He hit the record button and we just started talking. And it was so funny. So I remember that. But again, you know, like you said, the last season, it was in our in our hands. But I just think, mm-hmm. you know, under Valverde was a mirage the whole time, especially the style of play. But, you know, these are the I just thought it was a interesting week of anniversaries because you have the highest of highs right, yeah. of those two moments and then the lowest of lows with with the Liverpool and Anfield thing. So so that's it for I mean, I'm. I'm anxious to see what happens this week with Bundesliga. I mean, we're going to have football finally to come back to. And yeah, if you if you want to check out some football this this weekend, you can check out the Korean football too if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Always better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, w- until next time, thanks for listening. We'll continue to monitor the transfer mill, La Liga, and FC Barcelona news. Until next time, Visca Barça. Visca Barça. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 